0: So, how are you doing, Mike? Thank you so much for taking the time for coming on. Doing well. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's that time of year again, right, with the holidays and the guys are guys are off campus, so it's a, it's a time to regroup and then get ready for them to come back.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm sure you're getting ready for the season. Obviously, it's obviously a bit a busy time of year. So, thank you for taking the time. It's much appreciated. I'm a lifelong Northeastern fan, so being able to talk with you was quite an honor. So, thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Let's do it. All right, so let's just dive right in. So last season, obviously historic year, record-breaking year, winning 44 games, very impressive, obviously making it to the tournament, obviously having a great run of the CAA as well. What went into that whole entire season? I'm sure obviously it was a great run, long run, short analytics, everything, you know, you guys do there made a record-breaking year from stealing bases to hitting home runs, all that. What was it like to be a part of that season last year? Yeah, I think,
0: you know, two things, really. I mean, it all started – Right away, like day one in the fall when we had our first team meeting, I think, um, you know, you you put you lay the foundation that very first day, you have all those new faces, you have your, your transfers, undergrad, grad now, we're in the transfer world and then, and then obviously your freshmen so you have these new faces you have all your returning players we were coming off of what we felt like was definitely a, a disappointing year for all the returning guys we had we had, you know we made it to our conference championship the year before but yeah. it it was it was an uneven season and we were disappointed with how it played out and how it went so i think that first meeting you just kind of acknowledge some of the things that went right Some of the things that went wrong and then you start to lay the foundation right away and then you just try to enjoy the process the whole way so you know we had a special group last year we had a lot of talented players a lot of hard-working players Chemistry was extremely important to us. It always is. But um, I felt like last year we, we maybe even tried to take it to another level as players and as a coach and staff and just putting that whole thing together. And then it, and then, you know, you can prepare all you want all the way through all the fall winter session here. And then the season gets there and you still don't know how things are going to go. And I think right away we just started playing some great baseball. We won our opening weekend series you know we also had a really tough loss that weekend where we you know we blew a lead in the ninth inning and 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 so we had all kinds of things happen right away win a series lose a tough game come together right away and it just catapulted us to to what was you know really it was a historic season for us
1: absolutely yeah you had some big wins over that stretch like you said the beginning of the year sweeping indiana state who had a great year last season sweeping usf beating duke even who had another great year as well you beat BC during the year. You even beat UConn. You guys had a lot of big wins last season. A lot of quadrant one wins. You know, those those teams at a top 25, right around the top 25 of all season. You guys had some big wins over that stretch. And a lot of them being on the road too, which is hard to do. Yeah. Lose.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously being in the north, right? You're on the road the first four weeks. It's just there's just no way around it, you know. And so for us, that you know, just a little bit about our program and most northern programs, right? Our first two weekends, we travel to whoever we're playing on a Thursday, you know, fly down or bus or wherever, and then fly or bus home Sunday night. The guys get back, you know, one, two in the morning, and they have class in the mornings in the in the spring spring semester. So they're in class Monday morning. And then we go do it again the following weekend until we, you know, and then our third and fourth weekends, we go on spring break. So we stay, but there's a lot of travel early in the season. As you mentioned, we're a lot of road games. um, You can look at it one of two ways. For me, it's always been a positive hurdle to overcome. It builds team chemistry which I've already talked about because you're on the road together and when there's nowhere to go, you only have each other. And so I think it's just an awesome, awesome way to build that team chemistry, that bond um, traveling together, being together, because it also, you know, on the road for the most part, never goes smoothly. There's always something that goes wrong with the travel, the delays, the hotel, whatever it may be. So you're always sharing those experiences, good and bad. Uh, and then you find out what type of team you are. You mentioned some great teams that we play. I, I think that's something we always try to do. We try to play a really challenging schedule early on to see who we are, to see where we're, see what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, how we can improve, see if we can get obviously big wins. We're not going into those games thinking we can't win. We're going into those things games thinking, okay, where are we at? How ready are we to play early in the season? And then let's go out there and compete. So th- those early games are so important on the road for chemistry, for for confidence. And if you have tough teams and mentally tough teams, which you know we try to have, you know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't go your way early in the season, okay, so what? You regroup and then and then you respond as the season goes on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You play 60 games for a reason, right? So you can have some tough games along the way, some games that Fell apart in the ninth inning and then some other games where you came back in the ninth inning and got a win. I mean, that's just how baseball evens out over the whole course of the season, which last year, like you were saying, I mean, a great year. 44 and 16 record top 25, the first time in the program history. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And then congratulations on being uh CAA coach of the year for the fourth time now. Thank you. Yeah. And I
0: think those two things, the coach of the year is pretty cool because it's it's let's face it, it's a reflection of your assistant coaches, your staff, and your players, obviously it's really a f- reflection of the players. It's a team award. The head coach gets a not, you know, uh, uh recognized, but it's be- obviously you're not getting recognized. If you're 10 and 40, you got recognized because you had a good year because you have really talented players that work hard. So that's always a, you know, a fun one because it's, it does, it signifies the type of season you have and the type of assist type of assistant coaches you have, you know, and then, and then being ranked, you touched upon that, like that. Yeah. Looking back, like when you reflect on a season, that was pretty cool. You know, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like a, it wasn't our ultimate goal or anything like that. But to have to think that Northeastern baseball was nationally ranked um, last year and, and just again to have the guys be recognized for all of their um, accomplishments on the field uh, and, and as an alum, it, it means. I'll even a little more, like, holy cow, you know, we, these guys, they really did it. You know, they got us on the map here and got us ranked, so it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I really like that you shouted out the coaches, obviously, and the players, which you've coached a ton of talent now over the last nine years, from Aaron Savali to Max Burt, Andrew Miziazik. I mean, I saw all those guys play at Northeastern, but the group of guys you have, you have right now, a lot of being local guys, a lot of really blossoming as young you know, players last year, Kim Aldonado, as a freshman, had a great season. You got Harrison Feinberg, transferred from USC, still a young player as well, Mike Sirota. What's it like coaching all of this talent at Northeastern, which it's great that you're getting all the local kids to come to Northeastern, play in the Northeast, and stay local? Yeah, I think that's
0: that's been the, the 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 progression of the program. I don't think we we ever want to waver from our pillars, from our non-negotiables of of who we think we are and who we want to be. And that's a you know hard nosed blue collar team from the north that has a chip on their shoulder that that has a has a lot of obstacles to overcome. Like we, as I mentioned, we have to really embrace that mentality and who we are mm-hmm. as a program. And now you sprinkle in more and more talent. And all of a sudden, you take that mentality, that mindset, that 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 mantra of who we are, and you add this type of talent with the players you may mentioned and many, many more. Now you're onto something special. I think we've always had that right mindset as a program. I think we've always had a tough program, tough players here over 100 years of Northeastern baseball history. I think we've always been a hardworking team. Right? Those are all things you can control. And now you add the talented players, the draft picks and even the guys that obviously don't get drafted, they're yeah. incredibly talented. You know, the, the ones that get drafted or make it to the big leagues, those are the ones that are easier to see and and well deserved. Yeah. And I love it for them. But I, I, we have so many guys that that are so talented and had tremendous college careers. And so the talent level has has also increased over the years.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Over the years, I mean, you've been there now nine years and I'm sure recruiting has changed a lot over that, you know, nine year window, which I know you went back to Northeast as an assistant coach back in 2007, being the head coach uh, back in the 2014 now. So what is it like now with the transfer portal recruiting? How has that changed over the last five to 10 years with you being the head coach?
0: Well, it's, it's definitely changed. I'm glad you know when I was hearing the numbers because I have no idea. It's all blending in now. I'm but, a
1: big lifelong <laughs> fan, so I, I got the ball bound. <laughs> hey,
0: you'll be my age someday. It all blends in after a while, but um, it's changed. Okay, so now what do you do? Do you just say, oh, you know, I'm not changing, we're doing things the way we've always done them, or do you try to change with the times and use, you know, try to use the system to our advantage as best as possible? So I think it's great that the player, the student athlete has more. Flexibility and freedom now to be able to make decisions and changes and choices in their lives. I think that's fair and that's the way. That's the way it should be. Now, what do we do about that? How does a school like Northeastern fit in this 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 world of transfers? And so, um, I think what we really try to do first and foremost is just focus on our guys. Try to create an environment here that they want to be in and they want to stay in start with that right so again i know i've said this a couple times but we don't have all the bells and whistles here at northeastern we don't have these state-of-the-art facilities and all these different things that maybe other programs have but what do we have We still have a strong culture. We win. It's a great academic institution right in downtown Boston. So you really try to create an environment and a culture within our team that guys want to stay. They want to be a part of it. And, and obviously enhanced by what the university has done and how amazing Northeastern is. So you you take that full package and then, you know, you go year to year and see how this goes. And then when the season's over and you, you lose guys to the draft, you know, you have to replace those players. If players do leave our program, okay, who left, what positions, how can we add to this? Now, our niche a little bit has been Division two, II, Division three transfers, maybe grad transfers. I think that's been a, a nice natural fit for us. And so we will continue to try to do our part in those areas if it calls for it when, and players are interested in Northeastern. There's a lot of great talent in those levels. And I think Northeastern, again, is a great um, – chance for them to go to school in Boston and play at a high level. But we'll also add it in, as you mentioned, some other division one transfers from like a Feinberg from a power five USC. This year we have Jack Bowery who came came in from Marist. Jimmy Sullivan came in from UMass Lowell. So we try to try to, um, keep a formula too, where we have pretty good relationships with those other teams and their coaches. And we, we like their um, culture as well. So hopefully the fit is pretty natural when those guys come in.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you got a great D three gem in Jordy Howard a couple of years ago and he ended up being yeah. one, of so, one of the best in the country. I mean, he was recognized as one of the best relievers in all of the country a couple of years ago. So you guys have been great with recruiting, obviously, and recouping with your losing of talent to graduation, like Jeff Costello, Curry DiLoretto. Two guys I was a big fan of watching them play. And you found guys just that came in and just took their spot and just stepped right in right away, like Maldonado, like Harrison Feinberg, getting Alex Lane, Tyler McGregor. I mean, that's just great recruiting that you guys can bring in talent, lose pieces because every team in the country loses guys from a year-to-year basis. Sure. But you guys lost pieces and then just went right back to the same production you had it even more. With, you know, younger guys as well, which is great to build a program from the bottom, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, let them all rise through the ranks. That's obviously big for developing chemistry and then obviously trying to get to the bigger goal, making it to the tournament. Obviously, guys now have the experience from last season, now they're yeah. sophomores and obviously get what they obviously know what it takes to to get there, which is huge. Uh, so that's obviously a big thing. The transfer portal has definitely helped you guys a ton.
0: Yeah, and I think the way to look at it too, really, is like the 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 draft is your high school recruits, right? Like you gotta always have high school recruits coming in, building your program for the for the now and the future. And you mentioned Camaldonado and Cabral, two freshmen all American yeah. last year. Like there you go. So your freshmen come in on a team like last year and they have huge impacts right away. And then you had Tyler McGregor uh in and, and Alex Lane. On the older side, the transfer side, and then wow, you get all of a sudden you have a great mix. I, I hope I I wish I could say it's gonna always work out that. I don't know if it's like that, but I don't know if it's realistic. But those guys are like free agents almost, right? So you build them through the draft with your high school guys, you add the free agents with the with the transfers, and and again, you try to do the best you can with the transfers, you identify the talent because there's always there's already um a body of work there. I, and but then you also just got to make sure it's the right fit, and and we've been blessed, like you said, you mentioned Jordy Allard, awesome fit, like just a, just a tremendous baseball player, better person, great fit. Griff Young, Tyler McGregor, like I mentioned, like these guys all just come in and and have just been perfect fits for our culture as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah, you found some gems there, like Lane McGregor. I mean, both those guys had huge seasons last year. You had 18 home runs from McGregor, 18 from Sorota, uh, which I know obviously he wasn't a transfer, but and then 16 as well from Lane all three of those guys were top five in single season home runs in Northeastern's history. So it's just crazy. You can have guys that step in as freshmen, even if they're on the oldest side of the transfer portal and have such a big impact on the offense. I mean, last year, 106 home runs, which ended up being the most in you guys' program history the year before yeah. that, which there was still a lot of talent on that team in 2022, but there was only 27 home runs to show for, it, which I know home runs on everything, but to have the power you guys had last year, have 106 home runs be top 20 just about in, in all the country that was a big reason your offense obviously really took off last season. And that's not taken away from the 2022 team, which had a lot of talent as well, but it was just crazy to see how much talent and the power that you guys added in the portal.
0: Well, the home runs were crazy for me to see too.
1: Yeah. I, I've,
0: yeah. I've never seen anything like it. We shattered our single season home run yeah. record. I mean, I, I think by like 45 or something crazy, Oh man, yeah. you know, but again, those are conversations you're having as coaches behind the scenes as, the year before is going and we didn't, we couldn't score runs with home runs. It was hard. Everything had to be multiple hit innings and stolen bases, which we we had a ton of speed. And, and you mentioned two guys like Corey and Jeff were just huge on that piece, but it was, we just didn't have a lot of power. So you were always relying on two, three hit innings and, and, and well-placed bunts and, and, and that's a, certainly a way to score, but you also want to be able to leave the park and, and, and score with one swing of the bat. So we talked a lot about that um, behind the scenes, like, okay, if we have an opportunity to address this in the transfer portal, our number one goal will be to try to add power. So Alex Lane does that immediately. We knew he had power bat and had power history, so he was a you know someone we really wanted. Tyler McGregor um, had a ton of doubles, had I like think 15, fifteen or sixteen stolen bases at Columbia, along with a high average. Like so, we thought there was power there with some speed. And then Feinberg was another guy like where he, we had seen the BP, we have seen the saw the summer ball, and like all right, this guy has real power. He just needs to play, you know. Even though he didn't have the numbers, we just thought okay, he needs to play. And then all, you add them in, and as you mentioned, then all of a sudden, Maldonado comes out of nowhere and hits the amount of home runs he hits, and then you get a healthy Sirota for the whole year. Yeah, and, and now you're like, holy cow, we went from as you mentioned, you know, under 30 home runs to over 100. It was pretty wild.
1: Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And even without the home runs being you know, there a couple of years ago, 2022, the small ball baseball really did work for you guys, especially in those games against NC State, which I went to a good amount of games over the last couple of years. I'd walk which I went to BC, but I'm a lifelong Northeastern fan. But uh, I would walk from BC to go to all the games. And a couple of the games, I'd sit with uh, Corey DiLoretto's dad, Rob DiLoretto, who's been on the podcast before, um, and Mike Sirota's dad. And I was talking about that series against NC State. You guys were just fearless. Bunting, stealing bases. You were stealing like two or three in an inning. you know. Yeah. In- so how important is it to be smart on the base path, you know, stealing bases, bunting, whatever it may be, but also being aggressive since you don't want to run into a dead out.
0: Sure. So, you you know, that there's a lot that goes into that too, right? So you mentioned analytics and and we haven't talked much about that, but, you know, we certainly have our numbers and thresholds and benchmarks we want to be at. So we always want to be at stealing bases at a 75 to 80% clip. If you're throwing out, getting thrown out more than that, now you start to run into outs. I think the numbers will prove that, right? So we're really trying to push that envelope and try to get around 80% um, so that you start there. Then it's it's in practice every day with the assistant coaches, working on leads, working on jumps working on speed getting their their steel start times every you know multiple times during the week on, on the stopwatch so knowing where their numbers are actually at what their threshold is as an individual and then picking and choosing as a coach of giving them freedoms you know well our guys have the green light i don't really put the steel sign on i think we practice it so much that i there's just so much trust from me to them is when I, I, the only thing I'll do is maybe take it off. Like, Hey, we're not going to run here. We're down a few runs, or I don't like the match up the kids, a, you know, one Oh to the plate. It turns into a math equation, right? Where, Hey, this kid's super quick to the plate. The catcher has got a really good arm. It doesn't match up with our times that we practice all the time. All right. So, that you know, but maybe we can get the dirt ball read. We can go first to third. There's other ways that we can put pressure on the offense, on the defense and on the pitching staff. So the stolen base has been in the program now for a a while here. We've been up over a hundred stolen bases many times. Last year, we were way up there again. The combination of speed and power last year was awesome. But Being able to play small ball, being able to put pressure on opposing pitchers and opposing defenses is real, uh, especially at the college level. So if we're not hitting that day and the home runs aren't falling or maybe it's a cold, windy day, which happens in the Northeast, you better be able to find ways to score runs a different way. Whether it be a slash, a hit and run, a safety squeeze, a stolen base, a delay, and then you need one big hit to win the game and, and, and we'll take it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was a big formula, you know, that 2022 season. You guys were still scoring some runs, just obviously not from the long ball, but it was still working, the small ball, like in those games at yeah. NC State. I remember talking to DiLoretto's dad in and, and Sirota's, and I was just saying, you guys just were fearless. You knew those guys – I mean, I'm sure those the pitcher and catcher of NC State knew you guys probably were stealing a g- couple of those times since you guys were going so consistently, and you guys were still getting a great jump, getting a great read, which is hard to do, I'm sure, and that was a big reason you guys had – I think it was like 130 stolen bases last season, yeah. which was, Top ten of yeah. the country. So and obviously yeah. the speed and power, like you were saying, that's just a great combo. So is, is it is you know
0: you're, you're right. They do know. The opposing team will know. It's in their scouting report. So you're thinking there's two ways to look at it. You're like, oh, they know we're gonna run here. Okay. But then all of a sudden the pitcher speeds up. He gets out of his rhythm. Yep. The catcher rushes every, you know, rushes his transfer, rushes his footwork. The yep. infielder gets out of position because they know we're coming and we're coming and we're coming. We're going to do something here. We're we're going to run. We're going to hit and run. We're, we're something's something's going to be on, and they're on edge a little bit. So they're out of, out of their game because maybe they don't play as many teams that play that way. So yeah. we always talk about trying to be able to score runs two different ways. And and uh, twenty two team especially in the tournament you know where we yeah. finally started to put it all together definitely they they were pretty special we hit a couple home runs in that tournament we had yeah. some big situational hits and some chaos
1: offense and it, it got us to the championship game definitely yeah that was a great run and even though obviously you didn't get to really put everything together the whole season just cuz you had some injuries guys along the way that you know were struggling at one point at the end of the season though things did come together which was great and you guys had a chance even a CAA championship, which was obviously awesome to see. It's just a tough tournament just because you need, you know, everyone to be healthy, it's obviously tough to play three games, four games and just such a short window, but you guys definitely, you know, kept things close and were right there. So I was proud of that team, even though you yeah. felt like the ultimate goal, but it was still a great team and a fun team to watch. Yeah, was 100
0: percent, 100 percent Because that that year there was a lot of pressure and hype on us. We were picked high. And as I mentioned, like we couldn't just get find our way and nothing came easy for that team even more so. And they just kept kind of plugging and plugging and plugging and staying in it and and then having a huge last series of the year to get in the tournament. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden we're sitting there in the championship game. And that was a testament to that group, like something they can always be proud of, of where. Hey, this, this thing didn't go the way we drew it up. This thing didn't go the way we all thought it was going to. We had, we had, we could have just said, Hey, it's, this isn't our year. It's not going to, this is what it is. Or they kept fighting and pushing and guys like Corey, Corey's playing hurt for the last, I don't know how many games it was with a broken thumb. Yeah. yeah, Broken thumb, torn ligaments. Tarota gets hurt at the end of the year. Costello's banged up and those guys get to the championship game. That's, that's a group that can always look back and say, Hey, we, we, we made it to the championship game, even though everything, you know, didn't quite go as planned.
1: And as a, from a fan's perspective, I was, I was really proud of that team as well, which we knew the talent was there. It's just putting everything together and the injuries. That must be the hardest thing during the course of season. You have guys that, you know, could be producing and helping out the lineup like Sarota, but then when he gets hurt, it's obviously, a big loss in the lineup, but obviously defensively as well. Loretta was a great, you know, defensive player. So it's obviously tough, I'm sure, with the injuries, but that team was gritty, obviously. It definitely showed you know a lot of guts to, to make that run they did in the CAA tournament. So yeah, it was a
0: great yeah. it's a good way to describe them. They were they were gritty, and and um, you know, and that and so I think those guys that were on that team that came back, so that's always like what you do, like how oh, the season ends, and you're like, Oh man, we're losing. She's now with Corey's done and Jeff's done and Teddy's done and all the guys that were done that year. And you're like, Oh man, we're losing all these guys. And then you, you take some time to just reflect and decompress as a coach and as players. And you're like, all right. And then after a few weeks, you're like, all right, got to try to replace these guys. How do we do it?
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's hard for sure. Uh, so you played at Northeastern, obviously being a local kid, what was it like playing at Northeastern? and then now even coming back as a coach? I'm sure it's great being able to come back to your alma mater and bring so much success to the, to the whole program. I'm sure it's been a great run now over the last nine years for you. What's it like being back now, being a local kid and then even playing and going back?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it is special. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly a different place than when I was here as a student, you know, mm-hmm. I graduated in 96 and um, yeah. the university itself, first of all, has just blossomed and and really exploded from a campus you know setting to when i was here it was a train it was a commuter school so now you know all the housing and living on campus and i'm more of a community campus feel to the academic piece of how how um competitive and you know over ninety five thousand applicants to northeastern last year yeah. which is wild um and so just to to see how far it has come from my days here but that's really what happened to me where when I came back for an alumni event and then there was a volunteer coaching spot open, I just sort of, you know, fell back in love with Northeastern because in a different way, it was just, it brought back a lot of great memories, but it also had a change and evolved in such a tremendous way. And the trajectory of the university has been incredible. And so I always had a vision for that baseball program, the same way of like, well, why can't we try to match what the university is doing. You know, why, why can't we as a program continue to grow and feed off of what all the former players have done, all the former coaches have done. And why can't we take this thing to another level? So you start thinking about all the, the big vision, the dream, and like, Oh, we can do this, you know, and then, okay, how are we going to get there? And then you start, you know, getting into the nitty gritty. So I love it it's an I just am so lucky to have this job it's it's just um, it's one of a few even in New England from a division one perspective and across the country and then to be able to coach at your alma mater and just have that extra sense of pride and connection to the program and the history and then all the alums already built in it's it's really um, it's a special place and I'm really lucky to be the
1: head coach absolutely yeah like you were saying i mean over the years the last 10 15 20 years the whole school's changed i mean the academics are always great but now it's a bigger school like you're saying the dorms the biggest sports programs as well i mean sports now have become even bigger at northeast over the last you know 10 to 15 years uh it's a very definitely desired school not just for baseball but you know all sports yeah great uh i remember doing uh, uh baseball prospect clinic back in 2018 i was impressed with the amount of kids you guys had that you had so many people so many kids coming from connecticut rhode island kids coming across the country for that I mean, you guys get everybody in and and everybody wants to play at Northeastern, which is obviously great to see. And it's a big testament to you and your staff and everything you guys have done over the last five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Guys see everything you guys have done, getting guys into the league. And it's not just that, but it's also getting guys to play the best to the best of their ability. Everyone sees that that's a reason everyone wants to come to Northeastern. So that's obviously a big testament to everything you've done for the program over the last 10 years.
0: Well, I appreciate that. But it's, again, it's, it's a lot of people doing a lot of work and, um, I think that that was always been one of our, my goals is like, okay, to to have these local kids in the new England area, like look at Northeastern in a different way, not just from a, yeah, it looks like it's a great school and everything, but is that baseball program, something that what place where i can win is it a place where i can potentially play professionally and beyond do they get their players better and and get them drafted and obviously the degree speaks for itself so you know that was like goal number one for us was to say let's make sure in our backyard here in new england that baseball players that are that are are division one caliber want want to want to consider northeastern we're not an afterthought anymore we're a we're right there at the top of their list as they navigate through the recruiting process. So that was, that was absolutely goal. Number one, let's try to be really good in our own backyard and get the local kids excited about Northeastern baseball. So again, guys that you mentioned, guys like DiLoreto, Costello, Allard's, all those guys, they're all new England guys. And um, it, it, you know, we sprinkle in some guys from New York, New Jersey, of course, and outside of the region, but I think it's really important to have that, that um those converse have hope that the recruits and the high school coaches are having conversations that, Hey, with Eastern baseball, they, they, those guys, those guys can play. They got it going on. That's a great, that's a potentially great fit for it, for whatever high school recruit.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I did a, an internship with the sports medicine program back in 2018 and I was there in January and February. And I remember watching you guys practice in the Cabot center. You guys are working on fundamentals, which is obviously a big part of the game of baseball. And one thing you guys do so well is you limit errors, obviously. You run the base paths well. You play smart baseball. So just seeing you guys all do that and, and and watch that in practice, which you guys are only, you know, inside. So it's tough to really do a lot inside, especially since it's cold around here, you know, especially in January and February. But one thing you guys do well is the fundamentals, which is a big part of the game of baseball. And I'm looking back. Sure. I was looking at your numbers back when you were at Northeastern. You, your strikeout to walk ratio was elite, which when I'm looking at this Northeastern team now, you have a lot of guys that are – very heavy discipline at the plate, which is obviously something you can preach to a lot of the guys that maybe struggle in high school have a lot of power, but they you know strike out a lot as well. One thing you did well, you know, during your day at Northeastern was the strike on to walk you know ratio, and that is probably something you've preached to the guys. Obviously, being disciplined at the plate. What goes into your approach trying to teach the guys to be a little bit more disciplined with the plate, even if you know they can hit you know 350-foot home runs every time they swing? Yeah. The back?
0: Well, I think it's all of that what you mentioned, you touched upon it all. It's it's I think as a coach, it's one of the areas we can have the biggest impact of on the play on the field, right? Um you, you gotta have talent. So, and we talked about that. We have talented players. But then can you can you can you instill some discipline in them and 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 competitiveness in them to 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 um you know really play fundamental baseball, as you mentioned, like limit mistakes. So, you know, one of the categories that we 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 constantly talk about. Here And I know a lot of programs do, but how well do you do it is free bases, right? Mm -hmm. How many free bases does each team have in a game? So what's a free base, you know, walking guys, errors, um, stolen bases, all those types of things where you either give the team a free base, the other, your opponents, or they give them to you. And what we've, we've been very good at is having them given to us and we get a lot more free bases. The opponents walk us more than we walk them. We strike out less than they strike out. You know um, we make less errors than them. I think our defense has been really, really underrated and sort of under it's, it's not as cool as the home run and stolen bases or maybe the ERA. But if you look at our defensive numbers over these, the last, I don't know, six, eight years going from Max Burt and that crew to now where, Our defense is really one of the best in the country, typically, and and certainly in the upper, upper 25%. And then you mix in the fact that we throw a lot of strikes. Our walks are usually really low um, from the pitching standpoint. And then offensively, yes, we talk all the time about, hey, can you get your walks plus hit by pitches to equal your total strikeouts? Mm -hmm. And and that's something we talk about all, all the time. Discipline. Hey, command that strike zone as a pitcher but also command it as a hitter. If you strike out 30 times this year, can you at least, you know, walk 24 and get hit by six pitches and try to get a one-to-one ratio. If you can get a one-to-one ratio, that's incredible. Now that's really hard to do. And, and, um, but that's a goal of ours and our discipline, but we certainly want to strike out less than our opponent, walk more than our opponent, defend better than our opponent, have better defense, get thrown out less, you know, limit all those free bases. And that that's discipline. That's practice every day. Talk about it, video it, preach it, do it inside and cab it, even though you're like, man, I wish we were outside. Man, I, you know, it's snowing today, but we're practicing. But can we get our practice our discipline? Can we that's- practice the fundamentals so they'll carry over to the game? And then again, blessed to have players that buy into it and care about it.
1: Definitely, yeah. Like you were saying with making less errors, I mean, your left side of the infield last year, Danny Cross and Spencer Smith, two great gloves, obviously. Spencer Smith, I would say I've watched a lot of baseball my day. I've gone to a lot of, you know, Northeastern games, BC games. I think Spencer Smith might be the best individual fielder I've seen play over my entire life watching in college baseball. He's He made some unreal plays, you know, ranging to his right, ranging to his left, some crazy throws, some diving. I mean, he is just an all-around great talent defensively, and that's obviously – a big loss, you know, trying to fill in his, his shoes, but it's obviously great. You had a guy like that, you know, that could teach the younger guys that are stepping up now to get more like Muzaki or, you know, those guys that are going to get more innings. Now it's obviously great to have a guy like Spencer Smith to teach those, those players, but yeah. Tell me about Spencer Smith. I mean, he made some ridiculous plays uh, at, at freedom and diamond over the last two, three years.
0: Yeah. Defensive defensive player of the year last year in conference, you know, so well-deserved awesome honor for him. I was so happy for him to receive that. Um, you know, I coach third base from an offensive standpoint, and I can tell you, how, can't tell you how many times either the third base umpire or the kid playing third for the other team would say, "Man, your shortstop, you know, what well, your kid's a great player. He's the best player, you know, defensive player I've seen all year." And 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 it's true. I mean, he just covers so much ground. Can play, could play on turf, could play on dirt. Um, transfer is as as smooth as anybody I've seen from from glove to hand to to throw. is just money all the time really and you know fast runner six five six six runner so he could cover a lot of ground but he's one of those guys like you know he's a reason one of the reasons you coach like not a lot of people believed in him coming out of high school I would say this to him on you know on a regular basis or often like hey a lot of people didn't believe in you but we did you know he he didn't really have too many division one looks or offers and um, I even had people telling me, are you sure you can play at division one? And I was like, yeah, you can play you know? And, and then as a coach, you start to get a little chip on your shoulder for your own player. Like, so I was probably tougher on Spencer than I, maybe other guys, because <laughs> I knew that, that people didn't necessarily believe them, believe in him. And he just proved them wrong. And not only was he a great defender, if you look at his numbers offensively, they were always the best in the tournament. And yeah. he always seemed to rise to the occasion late in the year, um, all tournament team, I think at least twice, maybe more. I think so. Um, yeah. And yeah, and defensive player of the year. So he's one of those guys where you, as a coach, you just have a tremendous sense of pride because he worked for everything. He got so much stronger in the weight room. He got faster. His offense got better. And it all culminated into him winning, you know, defensive player of the year and having his best season as a senior.
1: And like you said, I mean, you pointed out perfectly. He's a big hits, you know, towards the end of the year, the last couple of seasons, he had a couple of three hit games. If I remember right, he was hot at the end of the season. That's when it matters most. That's when you want to be playing, you know, your best, most crisp baseball offensively, defensively. And like you said, I mean, his glove stands out uh, with all the teams you guys played against. I saw you guys play against UConn, BC, uh, Elon Hofstra, all these schools, you know, at Northeast. And then I went to a lot of BC games, you know, and then playing a lot of ACC teams. And I would say, out of everyone I've seen, he was the best fielder I've seen in you know the last I don't know five years. I've gone to a lot of college baseball games. I'm confident saying he was the best fielder I've seen. Just some yeah. of his plays in the range, when we we'll like, miss him. We we'll miss him.
0: You know, we spent a good amount of time talking about the offense and how to replace those guys, but <laughs> you we're losing a defensive player of the year at shortstop. So we certainly yeah. have some capable players here, and 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 Mello and Goody and Beck and the guys that are here now. But you, it will miss Spencer for sure.
1: One hundred percent. Uh, So I looked back to your days, you know, and your playing days, and you made it to the, you know, Cape Cod Baseball League, and you were an all-star in 1994. What did that mean to you, obviously, being a local kid playing in that league? And then also, what did it mean for your career making it, obviously, which a lot of guys get a lot of looks, you know, by (laughs) professional scouts playing in the Cape Cod Baseball League?
0: Yeah, that's definitely probably, you know, top three best summers of my life, you know, from um, just from baseball. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to play nine years professionally in the minor leagues was really a, a minor leaguer. And, and then obviously play some, some summer ball in college, but to be able to play down in the Cape Cod league as a local guy, I think every local kid that's that plays baseball around here in college baseball dreams of playing down in the Cape League. I know all our guys want to play there now, too. So it's just means I just think it means more to us. I really believe that to our local guys. I, I know it. I know it's a fact. So for me to play down there, was a huge deal. Um, I kind of got down there late. Um, I was lucky, to, you know, late. At, I started the season there, but I was really more like a temporary attempt when I first got there and um with hyannis and it was a perfect fit for me in hyannis because at that time my aunt lived in hyannis so i lived with with her and then i obviously um was lucky enough to stay all summer and and got Mm -hmm. the full and and played there and you mentioned yeah you know it was an all-star down there led the league in home runs which was a blast um and you know played in the all-star game and did a home run derby against, you know, Darren Erstad and Todd Helton crushed me in the finals. And so I had some, you know, big time players, certainly a lot better than I ever was. But just to be down there representing Northeastern, having that logo across my chest, I took that with a tremendous sense of pride for our program and for Coach McPhee and everybody here at Northeastern. Like I really mattered to me. And, you know, I wanted to show them what I could do. You know, hey, Northeastern's got good baseball even back then. So that mindset's kind of always been in me. But that, that was a really special summer, a lot of fun, and a lot of great guys, and um, some talented players, and fun, and and the fans are great, and and just you know, just the whole the whole experience playing in the best league in the summer and being close to home
1: is just awesome. Absolutely, and you showed your power at Northeast, and obviously being a top ten home run hitter in Northeastern history, you showed the speed at Northeast as well, being top five in triples, and then you go to the Cape League and you're doing it there on the biggest stage hitting home runs, being an all-star. I mean, that's a tremendous honor, just even making it. And then performing and putting up the numbers you did. I mean, that's a dream come true for a lot of kids. And I'm sure that definitely helped as well, you making it, obviously, professionally. You made it to the major leagues. You got to play with your brother as well on the Mets. What was that like, being on the same team as your brother in the majors? I mean, that's something you probably dreamed of your entire life, being on the same team as both of you guys being able to share the same stage. What was that like, making it and playing with them?
0: Yeah, that was pretty awesome, obviously. It was kind of like a blur still. Like, everything just you know, it was happened so fast and it was, it was quick and it was a short-lived, short-lived uh, MLB career for me, but it, it was to be able to have that experience that, you know, he, he, him starting on the, on the mound for that game and me at first base and just kind of just the whole thing for me, for him, for my family, it was, it was, um, you know, something certainly I, I look back upon fondly and just, you know, have great memories for and from and, and, um, because he was always someone I looked up to, really, the age difference. He's seven years older than me, so it was always more like definitely big brother, but obviously someone I looked up to, too, and kind of wanted to emulate and try to keep up with and, and um, I, you know, challenge myself to try to be as good as him. Obviously, it was an epic fail, but it was still fun along the way, just trying to like – and I was always like the bat boy on his teams and the stick boy on the hockey teams and just kind of tagging along, that little brother that always tagged along – and yeah, so to have that was, 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 was special. So it, it was definitely something I'll never
1: forget. 100%. Yeah. Just making it to the major leagues, even if it's short lived, I mean, the amount of baseball players that fall off from high school to college to the minus to the majors. I mean, there's a long, you know, fall off from, you know, a to Z to make it and you made it, which is obviously just a, a dream come true in its own. And then being able to play on the same diamond as him, I'm sure it's something he dreamed of as well, growing up, being on the same team as his brother, making it playing for the Mets. I mean, you're on the biggest stage and all of baseball playing on the same team, so that's obviously a dream come true in its own. And obviously, you probably learned a lot from as well pitching. Has he ever talked to the pitchers at Northeastern, you know, giving them tips, whatever it may be, mechanics, speed?
0: He has not in a while though. He's been he's been he's been he's been, he's been MIA for the last couple of years now. He's yeah. he's been busy. He'll. He obviously follows us and knows what's going on and watches our games and you know and and but I think it's more just general. Hey, great job, team looks good, that sort of stuff. Or that guy looks good, or that pitcher. But because because he's not close enough, I don't I don't know. He probably doesn't feel like hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer him any advice here. I'm I'm not close enough. But early on, when I first started, out, I leaned on him you know, to come talk to the guys. And, and I, I, I swear like half the guys on our team now don't even know who that I have a famous brother, I think. And the, and the only, only reason that if they do know is because of like, you know, they're playing MLB the show or something. And they're like, Oh, is that, wait, know. what? Like, so it's <laughs> kind of funny uh, how, how, like, yeah, we're getting older here, but um you know, he certainly is always welcome, but he lives down in you know, down in Georgia, Florida. So he's, he's, he's he'll come to games if we're in that area, but um, not necessarily up this way to, to be with the guys or like he's around like the holidays and the guys aren't here. So mm-hmm. it's, timing isn't always great.
1: I get that. But obviously you've learned a lot from him, you know, just growing up, seeing a pitch and then you were a hitter as well. So you guys got the two different sides of the game, him pitching, obviously you hitting, what do you look for? Which I'm sure you've learned a lot from him. What do you look for in a pitcher? Is it speed, <laughs> high leverage control, you know, a big situation. What do you look for? What's the main thing? you go for when looking for pitches since Northeastern. I mean, they've had some great pitches over the last few years. Last year you had a three seven, five team ERA, which was I think third best in college baseball. And you've had yeah. a lot of guys get drafted that were pitches as well. So what's the main thing you look for when looking for pitching talent?
0: I, you know, I probably look for a lot of things that he did. I look for like, you know, multi-sport athletes, if it's possible, which, Mm -hmm. which we were growing up. So we, you know, try to try to find that, but it's not, that's not definite, not foolproof, but you try to find, find maybe a multi-sport athlete. I think, you know, you to say velocity doesn't matter is a lie you know mm-hmm. so you have to see a velocity component there that's that you feel like okay this is someone that you know can pitch for us but then and then you got to factor in all the other stuff what do, how how is his command right like that's 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 you just you have to be able to throw strikes i know that sounds so trivial and so simple and and no kidding coach great 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 advice right but it's true like guys it, it's hard to take a kid that throws hard and it's all over the place, and the misses are every, you know, wild versus, okay, some of the throws hard, but the misses are small, he's just off the edge, he's close, okay, you know, that it, it's hard to to reel someone in, so mm-hmm. velocity, command, a secondary pitch, certainly, you know, spin, typically a breaking ball or slider, we feel good about teaching change-ups, um, and compete level, like, how, just, just, like, how competitive is this kid, if he's, maybe his velocity isn't 88, 90 in high school. Maybe he's 84 to 86, but he's got a really good frame and he's competitive as all heck. And then you're like, all right, this kid's going to, he's going to get in the weight room. He's going to get stronger physically. He's going to gain weight. He's going to do coach Cobb's throwing program and all of our arm care. And he's -hmm. just going to physically grow because he's so competitive and won't take no for an answer. And you believe that that velocity will jump. So It's just those combination of things, you know, velocity, command, physicality, delivery, and then the most important potentially is just the compete level. How bad do they want it?
1: Yeah, control is definitely huge. Like you were saying, you have to throw strikes. And then the competition level, I never really thought about that, but that's obviously a big thing. You want a kid that has that, you know, chip on his shoulder, he wants to obviously get better and better, which a lot of kids in high school that throw, let's say 90, they might just think they can throw 90 past everybody they play against. But when you guys are playing, you know, top programs in the country all season long with 60 games, a lot of guys can hit 90 mile off fastball. So it's about, like, you know, what you say, breaking balls, spin rate, which Coach Cobb's been great with that. If you look at, you know, the trajectory of pitches over the last, you know, 10 years you guys have had, just guys continue to get better. Kyle Murphy was a guy, which I first started going to games probably – I don't know 2015, 2016, where I consistently went to a lot of games and seeing him pitch Andrew Miziazik, and then you come all the way to now when you're seeing Aven Cabral, Wyatt Scotty. The spin rate on all of these guys has has been tremendously great. It just continues to get better and better. So, like you're saying, you gotta find those guys that have the talent and then work with them obviously and work on that secondary. The obviously the third pitch as well is a big thing, which Wyatt Scotty. I mean, he has Four or five, six pitches he can probably throw in his arsenal with with all the breaking balls he can throw. So, that's obviously a big thing. Uh, and one guy that I was a big fan of, which I already mentioned him, was Andrew Misyaszek. Just seeing him pitch, he obviously battled some injuries uh, during his time at Northeastern, but he's obviously got a guy that had the talent, had the control, ended up being a great pitcher in the Cape Cod Baseball League. Speak speak about him a little bit, and obviously his work ethic. You know, go, going through the injuries he's gone through, and now he's even hurt, I think, in the minor leagues as well. But we obviously know the adversity he's faced. And he can obviously get better and and, and get back from that.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. You know, he is such a great, great kid, great person, great pitcher. So there's a perfect example. There's a lefty out of high school that we recruit. We really liked his slider out of high school. He had had a really good slider, but his velocity was as 82, 83, you know. So we're like, hey, that secondary pitch, that slider's legit. Like, we, we like this kid. He's got a great frame you know and so we got him okay great so really excited to have him and i remember this like it was yesterday throws his first bullpen and bullpen in cabot uh in the fall and i'm looking going wow that doesn't look 82 83 and i had you know you don't you don't see the guys a lot during their high school year because we're playing so it's just hard to you know, follow them or see, you can't get out there and physically see him. Definitely. So then first bullpen. So we get the gun out and he's like 88 to 90 and you're like, Oh boy, here we go. Like, (laughs) all right, now we got something like, this is awesome. And this is the kid like, you're like, Oh man, he had the secondary pitch. He threw strikes, had the frame and all, he's already made a jump before he even got here. And so what a career he had. I think he's our all time saves leader, a single season saves leader. I should know that, but there's so many stats, but um reliable tough competitive um great tempo like gets the ball he's throwing the thing under 10 seconds there's no falling asleep when he's pitching Mm -hmm. he is on that rubber go 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 he was always always in attack mode and on the offense on mound you look up and he's staring at you ready to go so what a career he had absolutely deserved to be drafted i thought should have went even higher and you know before he gets hurt here recently and and with the guardians he's knocking on the door of the big leagues here
1: the year he had
0: yeah that year he had before he got hurt you talk about strikeout to walks and and numbers his numbers were off the charts i thought he had an outside chance of getting called up that september Mm -hmm. and so he has you know he's coming back from an injury now but he's still gonna be knocking on that door to get to the big leagues but had a huge, huge legacy here at Northeastern pitching for us. Um, and, and um, you know, hopefully he gets back healthy and he, and he gets that opportunity in the big leagues, but a great, great, great person and great pitcher for us.
1: Definitely. He'll get another shot for sure. Obviously the injury was tough, but like we were saying, he's battled a lot over his career and has gotten even better. So I'm sure with that ship on his shoulder now, that adversities he's had to face is only going to make him stronger. And like you mentioned, him being an MLB draft pick, he should have went even higher. I agree with you. I, I I thought that when I was watching him play, I thought he was first round talent. Which it's really hard, you know. Scouts will probably see things differently from one team scout to another. They probably you know grade guys differently where they think they're at. But when you're looking at this northeastern team coming into this year, there's obviously a lot of buzz going around about Mike Sirota being a first round pick in the MLB draft. What makes Mike so different? Which I obviously know he's a five two player, but what makes him different?
0: Um, yeah, five two player. So- We'll, we'll, I won't talk about that. Cause we know that what yep. makes him different is his internal drive. Um, he is, he is perfectionist. He wants to be the best. He wants to do everything well. He comes to practice every day with a plan. Um, it's not just, you know, let me get this practice over with. It's like, it, he, he'll he'll let you know if he has a bad practice his body language won't be as great he'll be frustrated because he takes every practice seriously and every swing and so everything he does he wants to be the best on the field so uh any and he has a chip on his shoulder as well he you know he i think he got slighted in some things uh last year and some 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 uh some benefits he probably should have been given from a summer ball and team standpoint, I won't go Definitely. into. So he's got a chip on his shoulder. He works extremely hard. He's motivated, uh, disciplined. He's a baseball guy. He watches a lot of baseball, watches a lot of video. Um, very, very smart. Um, baseball, he is, he can find pitchers tipping pitches. He knows what's going on. He knows the situations. He knows how to think the game through um knows his swing he just does all of those things along with someone that's really talented he he his mental game and what it means to him and obviously he's extremely loyal to me to northeastern which is a, which is a trait I think that in today's athletics is is something that he should be praised for tremendously and I think that's all going to carry him a long way to having a great season this year and and a great cur- career beyond northeastern
1: 100 like you were saying i mean there's a lot that goes into a player being the player they are talent obviously drive and just watching a play you could see he has five tools i went to a game uh i think it was march of 2022 so a couple years ago now his freshman year and that game against bryant he was stealing bases making some great plays in the outfield getting on base with <laughs> I mean, he had some hits in that game as well, had some big, good contact, but just great plate discipline. And that's tough as a freshman. Guys that jump from high school to being a freshman in college baseball, I mean, a lot of guys just want to swing away. And one thing he yeah. did was was plate discipline. And this past season, not only was he great at the plate discipline-wise, but the power was just off the charts. 18 home runs, which was tied the third most in a single season in, in Northeastern history. So what went into that jump from you know four home runs his freshman year, obviously batting injuries, to 18 home runs, his sophomore
0: year a couple things number one you're right his plate discipline discipline is elite it, yeah. it is elite it is and and I don't want to like say too much but it's just like it's big league elite like it, it, he knows the strike zone better than anyone I've coached he knows back strike zone better than pretty much every umpire <laughs> you know and he'll get frustrated from time to time and he's I'm like Mike you're probably right but you know, we gotta, you gotta deal with it a little But So that's elite so that he just continues to refine that. But I think strength, certainly, I know that sounds simple, but you just mature. I mean, he goes from an 18 year old to a 21 year old. Like that's yeah. just natural. He's physically packed on the weight, put the, put the work in the weight room, bought into his body and strength. And he might not necessarily look at it at times and maybe you'll find someone that's bigger or more physical but when you watch him in the weight room and see how much stronger he, and explosive he is all his movements are, are are very very fluid and strong and powerful so he's really gained that piece to his to his game and and I think he knows how to I think he knows when to go take a chance uh, for a home run not swing for one but he knows the counts he knows what pitchers are trying to do to him and he knows when at the time is right and he knows when there's two strikes that he is going to you know shorten his swing and put a ball in play and use his speed and if it goes out it goes out and he also knows when he's in hitters counts or if he knows a pitch is coming he's going to try to put a swing on it that's going to do damage and so um and i think all of those things the natural evolution of a hitter has taken place for him and and um with the strike discipline the the strength the bat speed and understanding the game and when when to really um, you know, turn on a baseball, or he really hits the ball well in center field and right field. He's he's really taken all of that to another level.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does this season. Obviously, and he's getting even better from freshman year to sophomore year to junior, which is great. And one thing you just mentioned was situational hitting. Obviously, shorten up your swing in certain situations. One guy that did great with that this past season was Danny Crossin. I mean, it was just ridiculous. You know, with two strike counts, and he reached base in all 59 games. I'm pretty sure, which is just Ridiculous, or was it 60 games, whatever it was? Reached base safely in every game he played in the season. And I have it right here uh, 84 hits, which is the most in a single season in Northeastern history. What went into his big bounce back season? Which I know a couple seasons ago, you know, had a couple tough stretches at the plate. And then last year really just took off as a grad student.
0: Yeah, I mean, perfect. Like another example for that 22 season, right? He gets hit by a pitch a week before the season is about to start at, at one of our inner squads, ends up having surgery out breaks it breaks his hand there and okay misses the start of the season Mm -hmm. so then he comes back um you know a team's (laughs) Corey's hurt there's all this stuff going on i gotta put crossing over at first when he comes back he's not quite a hundred percent he's playing a different position the whole thing was off for him and and from the head coach putting him in the wrong position Mm -hmm. on down and so I knew in my heart of hearts he was going to have a bounce back the year last year. I didn't have any question about it. And he, he is a incredible worker, very disciplined as well. Just, just another guy that kind of won't take no for an answer. Just work, work, work. If you walk by the weight room, he was in there. If there was, if you heard tinging in the cage, well, there's a really good chance that Crossing and Sarota or another guy, they, like they were in that, in the cage hitting when it was their free time. So just put all the work in. And then just a a very steady um, presence and personality from Danny, just never got too high, never got too low, didn't get down on himself, didn't doubt himself, didn't think he was the greatest, just kept working, working every day. And he was the same kid every day. That's really hard to do in this sport because there's so much up and down and he used that to his advantage. So what an awesome year he had. Last year, just, I mean, another guy that's going to be, you know, impossible to replace, but what a year he had. And um, again, saved his best for last is it was his best season by far. And it culminated in a ton of wins for us. And he was a major, major reason for that. Um, just a steady presence up and down that lineup and in the locker room. And uh, just, ha- he's one of those guys, again, you're just really happy for because he-, he worked for everything he got.
1: Definitely. And I'm sure it's great having some of those guys come back for their extra season, like Jeff Costello a couple of years ago, Teddy Baudet, and then obviously Danny Cross and Spencer Smith. Having those guys come back, an extra your leadership, having another guy that, you know, can talk to the younger guys since you had a lot of, you know, younger guys come in, freshmen, sophomores coming in the last couple of years. Having a guy that's a fifth year, sixth year that can talk to those guys and, you know, tell them what Northeastern's all about is obviously great and big for the program. So Danny's definitely going to be a big loss, especially defensively as well. Uh, you know, he was a great player all around, just like Spencer Smith. I mean, that whole left side last year was just yeah a brick wall. Um, And so looking forward to this season, which this is my last question. Don't want to hold you too long, too long, but you're opening up this season with Arizona three game series. Then you get to go play the Red Sox like you guys do every single year, which I know that's probably a little bit of a nerve wracking game for guys that, you know, grew up Red Sox fans. What's your message to the team on that day?
0: Message is act like a big leaguer. Literally just say, Hey, just act like a big leaguer today. Let's, you know, have that swag, you know, walk around confident, you mm-hmm. know, not a kind of like not a care in the world. Hey, I'm in. The, I made it to the big leagues. The game doesn't, record wise, doesn't matter. Doesn't count. The stats don't count. It's really just trying to go out there and have some fun. Um, And, and it is. Some guys get caught up, and it's a little bit stressful for them. You know, you always have to. You have to put the pitchers out there, and you know they You look up, and they're they're looking up and they're seeing from Poppy to Pedroia to Manny yeah. to, to now Devers and Yoshida and all these guys. And you're yeah. like, okay, I, I always feel for our pitchers just a little more than the, the hitters. Cause the hitters are just, Hey, they're going to face some dude probably throwing 95 and, and uh, it is what it is. But the hitter, the pitchers are looking up going, Oh my God, you know, this is, this is so-and-so and so-and-so, but yeah. you just try to have the most fun. It's probably, it's one of the best alumni events of the year for the university So we have a great contingent of alums there. There's a great um, um, get together prior to the game and barbecue and tent and everything. And I'll go over there with our leaders and say a few words and meet our alums. So that's great take a BP on jet blue park field and, you know, and there's a good crowd there and we're always the, you know, the crowd favorite they're rooting for us usually is the underdog. So um it's a special day. It's an awesome day. You just try to tell them to have as much fun as possible it, with it. Don't get stressed over it and and be a big leaguer for a day.
1: Definitely. And you guys gave them a game last season. It was only five to three. I mean, it was, it, you guys were in the game. You guys are right. Yeah. There. Awesome. And even, I think it was probably, 2015 2016 summer around then but savali had david ortiz if i remember right haley ramirez swinging and missing you know breaking balls which is great so it's obviously a, a good day to get some looks on you as well from you know red sox scouts yeah um, it'd be awesome you know so yeah it's a great day for alumni like you said too i didn't know that you guys had a whole you know thing before the game that's awesome that's great you guys bring everyone together down there yeah um, it's, a,
0: it's, it's a great day
1: absolutely so my last question is this so what game are you looking forward to most this season which it's pretty hard to pick just an opponent but are you looking forward to most to the conference games, the out of conference? What would you say? Is it the Red Sox game? Uh, I'm looking forward to the
0: championship game in conference if we can get to that one. Yep. Um that's the coach speak in me, but you know, which games? I mean, the conference games are always uh, they're always a little more fun. There's, a, there's a little more there's a little more pressure, there's a little more stress, there's a little less sleep. Um, you know, so those games, I know that doesn't sound like more fun, but it is, it's what the guys live for, right? Like the Arizona weekend will be, will be really tough, you know, to play those guys out there right away. They're a regional team from last year, they're loaded. So, you know, that will be a huge challenge right away. Then you go to the Red Sox, as you mentioned, then we're playing the university of Minnesota who beat us a couple of years ago. So they'll be really tough. You know, we have Georgia tech midweek. That'll be fun. We haven't played those guys last time. I think we played them out of Adam Adovino pitched against them and threw an absolute gem. Um, So that'll be fun. Um, You know, Mercer and, and I haven't been there. So that's a new place to take the team. So that, that, that'll be a great experience. Old Dominion, you know, we're close with their coaching staff. We've been there. They used to be in our conference. They were in a super regional a couple of years ago. So that'll be a huge challenge. So that out of conference schedule has a little bit of everything, Um, so I'm looking forward to that, but then, you know, when you get in conference, that's when the, that's when the rivalries start, that's when the, the, you know, the, it gets a little more intense and, and that's what you practice for and play for. So, and the conference is loaded this year. I mean, you know, we had Campbell Wilmington's obviously always awesome. We have got Charleston, Elon Hofstra, Stony Brook, like top to bottom, you know, it's just such a sneaky, sneaky, tough conference that, you know, I, I could envision, two or three teams in a, in a, in a regional possibly. And I
1: think that's just incredible for our conference. Definitely. Yeah. gets you guys a lot of looks, which is great. And you guys having the year you guys did last season now jumping to this year, everyone's looking at the conference even more, considering you guys were top 25 last year. So you guys have done great for the CAA and I'm excited to see what you guys do this season. I don't want to hold you too much longer, Mike, but thank you so much for taking the time. This is a true honor being a lifelong Northeastern fan. Like I've been being able to talk Northeastern baseball with you is, is a true honor. So thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Well, thanks for having me on. I hope I see you at a game in person this spring.
1: I will be there. No worries at all. I'll let you know the game I'm at. All right.
0: Make sure Thank you me. say Happy hello. On. Happy holidays. Thanks, Joey. All right, thanks, all right. Bye bye same bye. to you. Thank yep. you. Bye. Bye.